I claim on earth what's coming from heaven to be here any day. Oh, I can taste his promise. That is coming my Hello, way. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Growing in God's Word podcast with Dr. Jim and Joy McKinnis. Our purpose is to bring to you encouraging teachings that will help you grow in your understanding of the Word of God. And that's what we want to do. This is Pastor Jim McGinnis here today. And I just want to share with you some thoughts from the life of Elijah. First Kings 17. Now Elijah, who was from Tishba in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God whom I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Man, that's that's really something, isn't it? Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kareth Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kareth Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But... This is what I'm going to get to today, the but here. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Well, I want to give you uh, uh, some thoughts here that I've seen in my life. You know, this, this, uh, God provides, he, he helps us, but sometimes, you ever had a time when your river dried up, that the place that God sent you or the situation you know that God puts you in, all of a sudden it got dry? Well, let's look into this. Let's kind of, I would say, uh, take it piece by piece, and and I hope it'll encourage you today. Now, Ahab was one of the worst kings in the Bible. Actually, First Kings sixteen thirty two says he did more to provoke the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than any of the other kings of Israel before him. Man, he managed to beat eighteen at evil. Man, he, he was the worst one. In the northern kingdom, and 19 consecutive evil kings in 200 years. Things were not going well with them, was it? Was it? And then he married Jezebel, one of the most wicked women in the Bible. Uh, there is uh, not a name that's more synonymous with evil as Judas in the New Testament and Jezebel, who's also mentioned in the New Testament. Her father was a priest who murdered to become king. And she killed God's priests and the prophets. And this led to God bringing judgment over the land. And then Elijah, whose name means Yahweh is my God, probably the best known prophet in the Bible. Yet we don't know very much about his early life. He, he's described as hairy, wearing a belt around his waist. You know, you get all these pictures like John the Baptist type. Well, anyway, these People, all their lives converged one day when Elijah walked into his court, and he Ahab had a really bad day that day because Elijah walks in and gave him the weather report for the next three and a half years. He begins and he says, "As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there's not going to be any more dew or rain, and not just rain, dew the next few years till they give the word." And God walked out. Oh boy, what, can you imagine what the king was thinking at that time? Who's this guy think he is? 
Well, he soon found out. But you see, the Jezebel and the king were looking everywhere to kill him after that. And so, but God prepared a way. We read it. He said, go in the east and hide Bekareth Brook. So he went there. God had a place of protection. I want to tell you today, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening in your country, God will have a place of refuge for his people if we seek his face and listen and go where he tells us to go. Exodus 23:20, when God speaks to Israel, he said, See, I'm sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place that I've prepared for you. We're going to find out that God had another place prepared also for Elijah. But God has a, had a place prepared for the children of Israel. I believe God protects us and leads us. Well, can you imagine Elijah? Jezebel's people searching everywhere. And they were thirsty. And there was no water. But God had a place for him at Kerith. Now that was a place of preparation because there must be a carrot before there's a Mount Carmel. Because remember, just after this is when God answers by fire on Mount Carmel. I've been to the place. I've been on the, the side of the hill. It's actually pretty because it looks out over the water, the ocean. And, and God answered by fire there. And he had a food service for him. I mean, it wasn't like... Uh, uh, Delivery like we got today, you know, all of a sudden someone comes up with a, with a package for you with food. Boy, God chose ravens. He had a raven delivery service. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Notice the word there. Where? God, if he was in the right place, there would be food. There is where the provision would be. And I know in my life, it's been very important to be the there. Because when I was where God wanted me to be, I found the provision that he had prepared for me. The raven is the first bird actually named in the Bible, Genesis 8-7. It was an unclean bird. And it's really funny that God would use something the Jewish people would think unclean. You see, God moves in many different ways, marvelous ways. And he sent a raven to help him, to carry it. And it says here, the raven, and the living says, the raven brought him bread and meat each morning and even evening. That's twice a day. Twice a day he brought it. I mean, talk about pizza delivery, pizza delivery with, with, uh, with uh, all the trimmings. But this is even better, because it was every day, twice a day. But ravens, why ravens? Leviticus 11.15 declares that ravens were unclean birds and should be avoided at all cost. In the Middle East, even today, ravens are associated with doom and death. So if Elijah wasn't already dealing with enough, he's bombed every day with bread from the birds. A bird that was symbolized in that area, doom and death. But it was all part of a preparation process that God was doing in him, learning, teaching him to trust and believe in a God who answers by fire. And it was going great. You know, I just want to put a point in here. Never limit the way God is going to provide. 
Look, God used ravens to help to bring. Now, now God created all these birds, and it's man that went and turned it around and said it's a doom and gloom bird. But God could use anything, the person you least expect. We had times in our church when we had, we needed money for rent to pay for the church. And it was really hard, you know, uh, COVID times, all these times it's been hard. And we had a meeting, a man came in, never seen him before, handed me a check for $3,000 and walked out. I couldn't believe it. That's what we needed. We were praying for 3000 Now, does that happen all the time? No, sometimes God does it a different way. But God never, never limit God. He can do things in great ways. But here, I could go on and on about that, but I want to get to my next point because it's so important. But after a while, the brook dried up. The brook dried up. Wait, I went where you wanted me to go, God. I was there where you wanted me to be, God. I delivered the message you wanted me to deliver, God. And what do you do? You dry up the brook? What is going on? Is God's power limited? No, it's not. It simply meant that God had another place for him in his timing. We're going to discover it was a very important timing. But after a while, the brook dried up. Oh, boy. Never wait too long when your river dries up. Now, there's times in our life when the river dries up that it is uh, just circumstances and we or problems that the devil's attacking. We need to stand fast and believe God and the water flows again, but not this case. There are times when God dries up the river to move us on because it's the best way to get our attention, isn't it? When suddenly Elijah had no water and he had no delivery twice a day, then his, he was really ready to listen. And God spoke again. How many know when, when it was needed, God spoke and gave direction? In verse 8, the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in a village of Sarabith. What, what, Sarabith? That's Jezebel's hometown. Go live in a village near the city of Sidon. I've instructed a widow there to feed you. Man, a new direction. God said, Elijah, a hundred miles to the north in the midst of a drought season to the home of a widow in a Phoenician coastal city seven miles south of Sidon. Oh, I tell you, are you sure that's you, God? You're sending me to the middle of Baal worship, which he's denouncing. But notice, he says, I've instructed a widow there to feed you. Here's something, a lesson also. The wit- Did the widow know that she was going to be the one that God had instructed? She didn't know yet, but God had been working in her. We see it by her character. I've instructed a widow. She was about to have her life changed because, as we'll see, she was open to God moving in her heart and being generous. And there she'll feed you. Now, both times God led Elijah to unexpected places and provided in unusual ways. And when he gets there, the widow is preparing her last meal. 
Wait a minute. You said God prepared her. Well, I believe we see God preparing her in her attitude. Because Elijah asked for water. She has almost no water, no, nothing left. And what does he do? she do? She shares what she has. She says, okay, I'm going to share with you. And then we're going to die. But they didn't die because God was at work. And what she sees here, the lessons I want to show you here today is sometimes God dries up a river because he's bringing you to another place. And not only is he going to provide for you, Elijah came at exactly the right time for this woman. If he hadn't come, if, I'll put it this way, if he had come a few days later, she would have been died, dead. What happened? He came at the right time. He listened to God. Many times when God moves us on, not only is he giving, providing for us, but he is also preparing to bless those that he's sending you there to. So our lessons are like this. First, go where God tells you to go. Even if it looks like it's in the middle of an impossible place. Go when God tells you to go. Consider that if he had delayed, the woman would have died. She was making her last meal. She, that she was going to make her last meal and, and then die. And the, the prophet of God shows up and she shares. God can provide in any circumstance. You know the miracle. We won't go in detail the miracle. God provided for her. Uh, you can read it. It's a fantastic story. But what I want to get to here in the short time I have is that when God, God, not, not, not other circumstances, but God dries up your river, he's bringing you to a place at the right time and he's going to provide for you. Now, I've gone through this now, as I told you last week. We're not doing every week as we should because we're selling our house. Actually, uh, it's been uh, kind of hard. We're showing, have to clean the house and take the dogs out in the car where the people come and look. And But we're going to move to the Philippines. Why move to the Philippines? I felt like God dried up our river. When God spoke to me, everything was doing great. The church was doing great. Everything's doing great. And we had uh, great people. Things were, it was, it was, God had been feeding us here. Like the ravens. He was, I mean, he'd been feeding us, taking care of us. And God began to speak to me, go to the Philippines. I said, what? Well, I want to go to the Philippines. I love the Philippines. The people are the most wonderful people I know. And, but, we are living in the place that's been uh, named the second pl- best place in America to live, and I believe up the road the first place in America to live because of the weather, because of the lack of crime, because of the taxes, because, oh, there's many reasons. Why do I want to move? And then as God spoke to me, our river began to dry up. People have promised us things that didn't come through uh, for finances for the building. And the rent went up on the building. And we had to move because of COVID. There was less people and finances. And so we moved to Northport. And we had uh, meetings in the Scout House. And and uh, even though it's great meetings and the people there got sent new friends and things, it was great. But it was obvious that our river was drying up. 
And then I realized that this is exactly what God had spoken to me before, that God's going to move you. And it became obvious to Joy, became obvious to me. We submitted to our leadership uh, over us, apostolic team missions. They all agree God's drying up your river because he's bringing you to a new place. And I believe God is bringing us to the Philippines, not just for us, but he's bringing us there also because there's a widow there. Well, not literally widow, widow, who knows, there may be, but there is people there that are going to be blessed and Joy and I are going to be blessed. He dried up our river to bring us to a new place of provision. So anyway, all my points again, go where God tells you to go, go when God tells you to go, and remember that every time God tells you to go, there's always a step of faith. What? Leave Cardiff Brook? Well, leave here where you've been taking care of me all this time? Oh, I tell you, God has a better place for you. God has a better place if you listen. And be open, if you're on the other side of the story here, the widow, be open to be generous and kind, even when you can't afford it. She couldn't afford blessing Elijah. She could have eaten her last meal and not offered food and water, but she would have died. Instead, there was food for her until the crisis was over. You see, on her side of the story, God had prepared her by preparing a generous heart that was willing to give. Many people never come into the provisions of God because they're tight fists. They're not generous in their heart, generous uh, the way God wants them to be. So that's a very important point. And when the river's starting to dry up, it's God's way of getting you moving. Uh, I had to learn that many times. It's God's way to get you moving. Elijah did not die prematurely. He had a call. He had a purpose. The fire was going to fall on Carmel. Revival was going to sweep the land. But he had to listen to God, go where God wanted him to be. And when he was done with his mission, God set up a chariot of fire to pick him up, right? Just a couple points before I close. Put God first. If you put God first, he'll take care of the rest. Listen to him. Am I in the will of God? Am I where God wants me to be? Am I going through a time when the river's drying up? Sometimes when it seems like a river's drying up, God is teaching us uh, to uh, trust him and he provides. Yes, we go through dry times. But there's a difference when God dries up the river and tells you, I want you to go to a new place, that I've dried up the river in order to send you to a new place. I'm going to take you there. There is a place of promise. There was a different way of feeding feeding him. It wasn't by a brook. It was there in the midst of the enemy where a widow would provide. I like to be there where God wants me to be. If you've never arrived there, you're going to miss at some of the best that God has for you. What I want you to do, if you are listening to me today and you're experiencing a part in your life where your river's drying up, get ready for the next phase. Take time to listen to God. God is the river drying up. You 
preparing me for a next step, a new phase, a move in my life. For us, it's geographical, but it could be moving on in many different ways, a new job, a new relationship, relationships in many areas, business and everything. God, are you moving me on? Or is this just a trying time when you're going to provide if I trust you? You need to answer that question. And the only way you can is by listening for that voice. And God says, I'm going to provide for you there. Joy and I are going to believe that God's going to provide for us there because we worked in the church so many years, we don't really have in, in the flesh the finances, the way to go there, to do uh, the call that God's called us in the Philippines. But I do know that when God says go there, where does he provide it? If I wait here until he provides it before I go there, I will never see it. But Elisha never saw that provision until he arrived there. So I know when I get there that God will provide me there at the place, the point where he's called me to be. Like I said, it does not have to be a geographical place. It could be your calling. It could be something in your lifestyle, something that God's speaking to you about. But I'm going to challenge you today. If your river dries up, get ready for the next phase. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for each and every one listening. Lord, we all experience dry times, but Lord, there's sometimes that dry time is you getting ready for the next phase in our life. God, I pray that you give us that wisdom and the ear to listen to you. And we know that you're a faithful God, that when we put our trust in you, that you will lead, you will guide, you will provide. I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you. You want more information about our ministry, what's going on, just look up uh, Growing in God's Word, Facebook or uh, online. And God bless you. Till next time. Father, come and fill me up. Let your spirit come. Rain down in my life. Flood me with your love. Claim on earth what's coming from heaven To be here any day Oh, I can taste His promise That is coming my way